it was hot and heavy on and off the racetrack in Nashville this past weekend as the IndyCar Series invaded the streets of Nashville. What a race it was. We're going to dive into that here on the IndyCar Show, Burnout Sports, BurnoutSports.com. Scott Dixon gets the victory. We'll dip our toes, per usual, in some of the silly season rumors that are going on um, around the series. We'll look back a little bit to the last couple of weeks. Four IndyCar races took place over a 14-day span. Week off this week. Next week, back at it at Gateway um, with Indy Lights, Road to Indy, and the USAC Silver Crown Series is there as well. So should be plenty of racing if you're heading over like I am to Gateway coming up uh, for that race next Saturday, late afternoon, early evening. Uh, where do you want to start with Sunday? Look, it was a wild card race, and sometimes the IndyCar needs that. You can't have these races all the time that are just snoozers where the guy leads 75 out of 80 laps and wins the thing. Um, so having a wild card race like we saw over the weekend, I welcomed. It was very difficult to get through. Um, you know, Scott Dixon started off the day, you know, if you would have stopped him 25 laps in, he would have thought, man, this has, been, this has been wild. I mean, he got beaten, banged around a little bit. Um, the steering was a little bit off, like he said, and they just kept pushing. And, and, and like he and Chip Ganassi have said, just having a never give up attitude is what you need to have, especially on a, on a place like that where uh, it is a long day. Uh, damn, it was like 95 degrees on Sunday after the race was delayed by about an hour and a half due to rain and lightning. But, but Scott Dixon comes from 14th, um, pits, gets a yellow, comes back out up front, runs the last 10 of, what, 42 laps with the same set of tires because that last – Stop that he had. He only took fuel. It was fuel only for the nine team. Uh, and he picks up his 53rd career win to top Mario Andretti for second on the all-time list. What an incredible day. Talked to him after the race. And I asked him, I said, you know, do you think about a day like today? You know, you're 14th qualifying, which they haven't qualified well all season. You're starting 14th in a, in a wild, crazy 80-lapper, you know, and you still win. And it could have won either way. I mean, he could have been knocked out in, in some of the contact that he had early in the race. You just never know. And I said, do you think about, you know, we look back at today and say that was a championship caliber day because we really took a middle of the of the pack car and won a race. He said, you know, I think about the ones that got away the most and, and the ones that got away the most right now um, are, are, are what I think about. And I said, so, um, you know, do you think about Indy and, and finishing 21st after leading most of the day and and almost winning your second Indy 500 bare minimum probably would have had a top three finish. And he said, I lost 76 points to Marcus, Marcus Erickson he's referring to, um, at the Indianapolis 500. I said, so you definitely do uh, think about it. And he said, for sure. Um, but you, you take away that 21st place finish. And, and a lot of people out of Indy, you said, oh, well, Scott Dixon will never win the 500 again. And, and now he's kind of screwed up his championship. He's Mario Andretti 2.0. Um, yeah, is the Indy 500 maybe Achilles' heel for him since 2008 when he won it 14 years ago? Maybe. Um, but that's the only race he's finished outside of the top 10, if you think about it. This is the only race this season that Scott Dixon hasn't finished inside of the top 10. And if he wins that 500, double points, that dude's sitting probably 50-plus points ahead of Will Power right now. And this championship is all but wrapped up. That's why I preached after Detroit. I said, look, this guy still has the most top 10s on the season. Has he qualified the best outside of his pole at Indy? No. 
Um, but here he, here he is. You know, I talked to him two weeks ago, and I said, you know, sometimes Nashville is considered the wild card, which it certainly was. I said, but is the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course a wild card to you because you just haven't qualified too well here? Um, and you only have that one win back in 2020. And he said, yeah, we, we do need to qualify better. And he got through Indy uh, and just kept gaining points and gaining points. And I think he will win his seventh championship this year. He's plus 300 right now if you want to look at it from a burnout bets angle. Um, Mike and I have talked about it on the show over the last couple of weeks to not count this guy out. I think he could have got him at a number at like six and a half to one to win the championship. But man, I think he's going to do it. I think it's him, Will Power, or Joseph Newgarden. I don't see Marcus Erickson, Potable Ward, or Alex Polo making a charge of the championship. Um, Joseph still has a lot of gain to catch up on. And Scott's right there, six points back. I think he does it this year and gets his seventh championship in a remarkable season. You look at his six championships. In the final three races of those six championship seasons, he has an average finish of 4.2. And of those 18 races, 17 of them, he's finished inside of the top 10. The only other time that he didn't finish inside of the top 10 was a 12th place finish. So the guy knows how to finish strong when the pressure is on. We're starting to feel that, especially with that win on Sunday. Um, other impressive runs, uh, Scott McLaughlin. McLaughlin gets my vote for most popular driver on, on the series. He's, he's grown on a lot of people. He is funny. He is a character. Um, if you missed this week's Bus Bros episode, check that out. Um, he eats some, uh, some chicken wings and some, some hot chicken from Nashville, and uh, the dude certainly can't handle it. Has a great weekend, qualifies on the pole, finishes second, probably one lap away from winning that thing. That's what he told us in a press conference. But, man, you know, you think about a guy that in his rookie season you were kind of just waiting. You know, he had, to, he had a second-place finish at Texas. Then he starts the year this year with a win at St. Pete. Has a second win on the year uh, at Mid-Ohio. Um, great weekend for him. I think that he will be certainly in the championship discussion next year. Um, he's been pretty good at Ovals. And, and he even mentioned it. He said, you know, uh, he gumbied it at Long Beach, smacking the wall. And he said if he was just a little bit more patient and Indy, he would keep it off the wall. Maybe the points are a different situation. But um, just based on how Scott Dixon is right now, getting hotter and hotter uh, as the summer progresses, um, very consistent runs at Iowa a few weeks ago, I think it'll be um, Scott Dixon as your champion. Alex Pelot finishes on the podium. Great finish for him. Uh, I will give him kudos. He, he did come to the post-race press conference, as you usually do when you finish uh, top three. He also came to the bullpen media session a few weeks back at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, despite the fact that there are a few certain reporters inside of the IndyCar room that continue to bait him uh, into saying something that can use be used against him uh, in court in a couple weeks to um, stronger Chip Ganassi's case. Look, depends on what your what, what your opinion is on this. I mean, do I think Pelot's camp is in the wrong? Mostly, yes. You know, you have a contract. There could have been better ways to solve this and, and go about it. Um, but we'll see what happens, and we'll see how it shakes up silly season and how the season and the rides look for the 2023 year coming up. Christian Lungard also had a great run, um, and he wants to be an IndyCar. You know, he finished second in Indianapolis Motor Speedway last week, his best career finish. Uh, there's an interview on an Instagram, Twitter page with Lungard that I did right after he finished second. Just how excited he was and said, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to be in IndyCar. It's, it's, it's competitive, and you can have days like this. And um, no matter what team, you, team you're on or, or really where you start, uh, you can find yourself in podium contention and even contention for the win. So uh, Lungard qualified third, was in the top three, top five most of the day, kind of got pounced on in that last restart um, going into uh, 
uh, that first turn on that first restart, and then the second restart he got go gobbled up again to finish eighth. But I really liked what I've seen out of that 30 car. Um, I had a poll on Burnout Sports. If you want to check it out, I'd like to know your opinion on which team, you know, if you got your A list of teams and Ganassi and, and Team Penske, then maybe your B listers would be um, Andretti Autosport. And then, and then maybe it falls down to C from there with Ed Carpenter, Meyer Shank, Ray Hollerman, Lanigan, Dale Coyne with Rick Ware Racing. Which of those teams, those four teams we just mentioned, which of those teams will win a race next? Um, and we'll see how it goes. I wanted to go back a few weeks to Iowa. I know we had kind of talked about it. The race was great. Powell Award, Joseph Newgarden, your winners. Um, was, was, was glad to see Joseph was okay after that scary incident on Sunday. Cleared the race at Indy. Although, including myself, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that Joseph is healthy, but I think it would have been very interesting and exciting to see what Santino Ferrucci could have done in that two-car at the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. But, uh, again, shout-out to hy V, Just a fantastic job putting on that race at Iowa. I came back with a bunch of gear, a bunch of merch, uh, a lot of Jack Harvey stuff in the Donahue household uh, right now, including a couple cardboard cutouts. And, you know, you think about the concerts were great. hy V had a little setup. Um, of a grocery store, which is very similar to like a, just a mini convenience store. They didn't jack the prices up on anything. Um, it's been super cool to see how Iowa and Nashville have embraced IndyCar. You know, downtown Nashville, you know, they did the, the, the pit stop competition and everything on Thursday. There were banners everywhere. Um, Nissan Stadium, where the Titans play around there, was the place to be all weekend. Uh, there were... Um, alcohol and, and, and beer ads throughout um, many of the bars on Broadway advertising the race. Um, that was a lot of fun. Let's go back to Indy, the road course, Alexander Rossi winning, um, then being penalized for being, what, underweight or overweight or whatever it was due to uh, what they say is a water bottle. Not sure how much uh, I believe that. Um, but I know a lot of people were making a fuss out of, oh, well, they put him over in this paddock and it was almost like IndyCar was the stepsister to NASCAR uh, inside of their own backyard or at their own home, so to speak. I would say this. Look, the IndyCar race on Saturday was fine. Um, I think if Alexander Rossi doesn't win that thing, let's say Will Power spanks the field like he's done there so many times. We're saying how boring of a race that was. Look, uh, it's just easier for NASCAR to have those garages and IndyCar to have that little paddock area. Uh, you know, kind of on the inside of turn one right there to be able to set up and get in and out easily. And to leave by Saturday, like I said, we're in, we are in the midst of four races in 14 days. It was great for those crews and the teams and the mechanics to be able to get out of there Saturday um, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway after that road course race. Race gets done about 2.30 or 3 and be home with their families and friends on a Saturday night and be able to enjoy a Sunday to themselves knowing that, you know, Nashville was going to be what Nashville was. Crashville, Smashville, Wreckfest. Nashville hot, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I didn't really take too much into um, the fact that people thought that IndyCar was kind of like the redheaded stepchild that race weekend from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, we have had two lights races. Iowa, uh, which was crazy. Lena Slunquist was winning. Uh, cuts off Matty Brabham. Hunter McElroy goes by for his second consecutive victory. Uh, and wow, I, you know, it kind of moved everybody up. It was an Andretti all-podium with Stingray Rob and Christian Rasmussen. And then qualifying gets rained out on Saturday from Nashville. Lundquist starts on the pole and pretty much walks the field. Uh, didn't put a wheel wrong, led the entire way. The checkered flag comes out right as another lightning delay came out. So uh, lights will be fun next week at St. Louis, as will 
um, the USAC Silver Crown cars and all the ladder series that you'll see. Check out the vin vintage Indy um, setup at Gateway. We saw it at Nashville. Uh, that was really cool. Saw it at Road America. Some some really old school type of Indy cars and, and, and race cars. If you're into that thing and, uh, of a nostalgic nature, as Donald Davidson used to say, um, I certainly know that I I am into that as well. All right. Uh, some silly season things to work through, and look, the Polo Ganassi situation isn't going to go anywhere. Trust me, there's certain media folks that won't let it. We'll see what happens uh, when it goes to court here over the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm at like 5% chance that the number 10 car for Chip Ganassi Racing next year will be piloted by Alex Polo. I, I, I am still surprised that he has raced the last four or five races in that car um i really am but i mean when you have a contract to honor you have to honor that contract and they'll all get sorted out in court let's say that there is a buyout there is a payoff or whatever um and polo joins rossi and pato award at aaron mclaren what happens with felix rosenquist i want felix rosenquist to stay i mentioned this on twitter would really like to see him in indycar next year and i hope McLaren takes the approach of, hey, we have a Formula E ride for you if you want it. It's yours for the taking, but we also are going to allow you to go explore the quote-unquote free agency market. Now, is there a chance that maybe he goes to the 18 car at Dale Coyne Racing, and then maybe Malukas moves over to Chip Ganassi's 10 with some kind of partnership with HMD? Um, we know that Kiffin Simpson, who was a developmental driver for Chip Ganassi Racing, just moved over to HMD in Indy Lights um, a few races ago. Is there some sort of connection? Does, does Linus Lundquist, we know he's going to have th at least three races in IndyCar next year if he holds on to this championship title, which I think that he will. He'll have at least three races um, in IndyCar next year. Does maybe Ganassi run him in two and Dale Coyne, Rick Ware, HMD, pull out that, I guess Rick Ware is only on the 51 car, but do they pull that 52 car out with HMD and Dale Coyne Racing um, for the Indianapolis 500 and have Linus run three of those races? Um, some people have asked, well, why not just basically a driver swap and let Rosenquist go back to Chip Ganassi Racing? Um, you know, I, I don't know about that. It's, it's, it's very rare in IndyCar that you see a driver go back to a team that he used to race for, especially uh, in this such short time period. It's only been, what, a year and a half, two years since he was in a Chip Ganassi car back in 2020. Um, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibilities, but I would certainly be shocked. Uh, but we'll see what kind of musical chairs happens. We know that Renus VK is going to stay with Ed Carpenter Racing. Um, the Bit Nile Bunch really wanted him there. We know he'll be there for 2023. There is an option for 2024. Now, we do not know if that is a team option or if that is a driver option. I'm assuming that it is a driver option for Renus to be in that 21 car in 2024. Um, I know that Ed Carpenter Racing has plans to possibly have a three-car presence at every race. As we know on the ovals, Ed Carpenter pilots the number 33. Also men Chevy um, for his own team. Now, could we see maybe Simona Di Silvestro and more of a partnership with Peretta Autosport and Ed Carpenter Racing and see her on all the road and street courses as well as the Indianapolis 500. That is yet to be determined. Um, Meyer Shank has been rumored to possibly have a third car in the works. That all depends on Honda engines. Um, Honda, I believe, said they'd be maxed out at 16 or 17. Um, could, could that be a landing place for maybe a Devlin DeFrancesco 
who uh, some rumors came out about a week or two ago that he might not be at Andretti next year, that the new majority owners, which I believe have a lot to do with Gamebridge of Andretti Autosport, want a former winner or a former champion in that car. So would you maybe call back a Tony Kanaan who has an IndyCar title under his belt and just finished third in the Chip Ganassi Racing Honda back at the Indianapolis 500? That's yet to be seen. Devlin still has a contract and has been paid for the 2020 three season or Andretti has been paid for that spot for the 2023 season. So that would have to be another uh, Alex Pillow type situation where could he be bought out? Well, could he take that money elsewhere to possibly a Meyer Shank? Um, you know, we know that Kyle Kirkwood is going to Andretti Autosport, which I am excited about. I think, you know, you look at the rookies this year in Malukas and Eilat, Lungard, Devlin Francesco, Kyle Kirkwood, these drivers um, have proven that they belong. They've they've kept pace. They're on the break. They're on the brink of scoring podiums. I think we had our first rookie podium finish last week with Christian Lungard with the career best second at the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Looking forward to seeing what those drivers can do in their second season next year. Kirkwood going to the 27 that opens up the 14 at AJ Foyt Racing. More than likely going to be Benjamin Peterson, who I talked to on the grid at Nashville and said, "Yeah, I'll definitely be out here next year in an IndyCar." Uh, as we know, he's tested for Ford. He's kind of been hanging around uh, that team. He's got some sponsorship, I think, from El Alberto Beef Jerky and a few other places. So I expect him to pilot the 14. Dalton Kellett will more than likely be back uh, if that hasn't already been announced for AJ Ford Racing. And maybe they run a third car at certain tracks. Would that be for J.R. Hildebrand, who kind of got the shaft this year after running the 500? That was the last that we saw of him after Rocket. Um, you know, as, as I reported, didn't wasn't paid up. And then all of a sudden they got paid up enough to get their name on the car road america and then it was bye bye tatiana calderon and bye bye jr hildebrand in that 11 car which was very unfortunate for them so uh, we'll see how some of that silly season works out over the next couple of weeks um, a lot of it has gonna have to do with what goes on with polo and, and you know what 27 28 full-time drivers on the grid every week it's tough i mean you're gonna have a lot of drivers that are ready and in the lights you know f3 other series that want to come over and run IndyCar and there just certainly isn't enough engines and chassis to be able to do that um, which is a, a blessing in a disguise or a curse all in one because you have talented drivers that are ready um, but you know some of these guys in their 40s the Simon Paginos and the, the Scott Dixons and Will Powers of the world are still winning races and are still contending for races um, looks like we know Graham Rahal will be back with that partnership with Fifth Third. There were some very small, unbelieved rumors that he would be retiring. Don't see that happening, but again, a lot still to come when it comes to silly season. Uh, we'll have you covered here on Burnout Sports, burnoutsports.com. Check out the power rankings. Of course, I have Scott Dixon ranked number one. Don't expect him to leave that spot over the final three races of the year, uh, but some other shakeups inside of the top 10 as well. Uh, when it comes to IndyCar power rankings coming out of Nashville. Uh, another, I have an article there on why Scott Dixon will certainly win this championship. It's a lot of what I've already said here on this podcast. Um, but be sure to check that out. Like Burnout Sports on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Burnout Bets as well. Mike's done a great job uh, this year with us. I, I've enjoyed uh, Luke and I show. I've really enjoyed Mike and I show. We've kind of changed it to Twitter spaces a little bit just so it kind of lives there and people can see it and, and, and click on live. I feel like uh, we all live in such a lazy world where if you got to click more than three times, you're not going to want to sit through and listen or watch something. So, um, you know, we had your Dixon Championship winner. We had Newgarden winning 
at Iowa. Um, Iowa's all over Pato Award to finish in the top five in both races at Iowa, and he obviously comes home first and second. Um, you know, we had Lungard last week to finish top five, which would have paid nicely, uh, but he fell in those last two restarts from third to, to eighth to kind of to kind of kill those tickets. But uh, like I said, the one race that was on Peacock, I said it takes Scott Dixon and pay for your Peacock. Uh, that paid off with the victory for you. So uh, keep listening. We love the interaction. We're, we're trying to grow. Um, we are embracing um, Indy Lights, and, and I've done a, a better job personally as myself to embrace everybody around me and, and support each other for the most part, uh, but support each other uh, when it comes to the very small pond that we're in to cover IndyCar. It's really how it is, and, and we're trying to grow. We've got some awesome things coming up uh, with Burnout Sports in the works as well as we continue to grow and continue to um, build people and, and, and build things up. It's been a lot of fun to do, and, and, and we thank you, you for your support so much. Um, I mean, hell, I've been to St. Pete, which was incredible. I got to open up a box of cards with Mario Andretti, which um, was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, shout out to Ty Cobb for the help with that and for the help up at Road America. Shout out to my other buddy, Tyler, at Indy Transporter. I don't know if he wants me to tell people that that's him, but now you know. Uh, he went to Iowa with me. We had a great time there, and then, and then Harley helping me down in Nashville. Can't wait to get to Gateway. Can't wait to see how this championship goes. Um, would love to see another winner this year, a, a, a first-time winner this year. We saw that with Rossi um, last week. Uh, you know, maybe maybe that's Alex Pillow. Maybe that's uh, Roman Grosjean, who has pissed a lot of people off uh, this year. You know, it was a hard-fought, heated battle on Sunday. We saw Sato and Devlin mad at each other. Joseph and Grosjean get into it, and you know, Joseph basically said, "Welcome to IndyCar," and Erickson saying what goes around comes around. It's just it's just spicy stuff that we love to see. Um, we need that drama in the paddock. Uh, IndyCar was on SportsCenter on Sunday. Shout out to Nicole Briscoe for putting IndyCar highlights on there from Nashville. That was awesome. Obviously, having the, the background of the city uh, was an awesome setting for IndyCar. Maybe do some changes on the other side of the bridge. I, didn't, I wasn't a fan of a lot of the restarts. Uh, the initial restart, half the field was... Still coming up the bridge before they got the green flag. Uh, I think the second restart, half the field had already blown by the starter stand before the green flag waved. And, and unfortunately, that's how you stack up the field. That's how you stack up cars and, and drivers and, and end up getting ran over. Um, surprised it didn't happen. It obviously happened last year with Marcus Erickson, who was able to bounce back for that victory. But um, hopefully that gets cleared up and, and, and we, can kind of, we, we can kind of settle down the Nashville course uh, a little bit. I don't want to see it fully settle down because, again, as mentioned earlier, I love a wild card race. I enjoy kind of that survive the day uh, drama incidents. I mean, I'm sure the owners don't love the crash damage bills, but, um, you know, unfortunately it was on CNBC in most markets because of the rain delay, um, which sucks. Sometimes IndyCar can't help the circumstances and get out of their own way, but. Can't wait for Gateway. That is on USA Network. Don't forget, we will be there. Don't forget to, again, like, subscribe, Burnout Bets, Burnout Sports. Uh, we'll keep coming with content. I think I'm going to go back and look back at the 2007 championship where Dario actually beat Scott Dixon at the very end despite, uh, you know, Dario crashing pretty heavily at Kentucky and at Michigan. Um, just interesting to see how close Scott Dixon was to his seventh championship. I believe he ran out of fuel coming off of turn three at Chicagoland, if that's the right season that I'm thinking of. Because um, I was at that race and then was off to college right after. So 
Burnout Sports, BurnoutSports.com. We'll be back. Charlie Kimball's going to be a guest on the show here in the next couple of weeks, as will Dylan Welch. Looking forward to that. We'll bring Luke back as well, and we'll have you covered next weekend from Gateway uh, with Burnout Sports, Burnout Bets. Mike will join us. We'll have another preview coming up next week. Don't forget to check out Power Rankings, BurnoutSports.com. I'm Tony Downey. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you here next week.